This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. Welcome, everybody, to week three of the Cleveland Sports Show with Brady and Darius. I am Brady. And I'm Darius. This week, we'll be mainly talking about how the Cavs NBA Finals went, how their regular season went, and we will recap the whole season and then talk about LeBron's free agency this summer. To start off, I want to talk about the Cleveland Indians and how they have done this week since I last talked about them. The Cleveland Indians are currently on a three-game winning streak, winning three of their last four games. This past week, they had a short two-game home series versus the Milwaukee Brewers, in which they won both games. Corey Kluber once again pitched phenomenal in Tuesday night's game as he went seven innings pitched, and he once again has one of the lowest ERAs in baseball. He has a 1.87 ERA, one of the top in baseball, and he is just pitching great this season. On Wednesday, they played an afternoon game against Milwaukee in which they won 3-1. Carlos Carrasco was the pitcher, and he had been struggling as of late, but he found his groove on Wednesday, going seven innings, giving up just one run, and he had 10 strikeouts. His ERA is still 4.23, which is pretty high for him, but in my opinion, I think he'll be putting that ERA down a lot. Last night, the Cleveland Indians started a three-game series in Detroit, in which they won 4-1. to Trevor Bauer was the starting pitcher, and he gave up a first inning run, but late in the game, in the ninth, Michael Brantley hit a go-ahead home run to give the Indians the lead, in which they won 4-1. Cody Allen got the 12th save of the season, and the Indians are currently on a three-game winning streak, and they play again today at 4-10 p.m. and tomorrow at 1-10 p.m. Last night, the Golden State Warriors won their second championship in a row, defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was the fourth game of the NBA Finals, and the Cleveland Cavaliers got swept Four to zero for the second time in franchise history. Yeah, this is one of the most pitiful performances that I can recall seeing as a Cavs Cavaliers fan. Uh, from the get-go, in the beginning, it was just a very, very dismal performance. No one really looked ready to play, and to some point, you can you can see why that is, and it's because you're already down three to nothing. You've lost a game at home on the on the road. And there's there's no possible way the Cavaliers could have won four in a row against this dominant Warriors team. But we have to give credit where credit is due. The Golden State Warriors are the better basketball team. They have better individual players. They're a much more efficient, cohesive unit. Well coached. And they deserve nothing more with their great basketball IQ all around. They They earned this championship once again. Yes, and I think this series could have been totally different if the Cavaliers actually won game one. They had it in their hands, and once again, as we all know, J.R. Smith just blew it at the end, running out the clock, thinking that we had the lead. And also, we blew game three three as well uh, for the second straight year. Last year, we were we came 45 seconds from winning game three, and uh, it was like a deja vu again this year with Kevin Durant and his... Um, brilliant 43-point performance in Game 3, 
which in my eyes sealed the deal for this series. It was either going to be a sweep or it was going to be Warriors in five, and we saw last night that that the Warriors weren't afraid to win at Quicken Loans Arena, and they blitzed the Cavs by 25-23 points. Uh, it, was, it was an annihilation. Stephen Curry had um, 37 points. He shot seven three-pointers, 7-15. Um, Kevin Durant, not the best performance you're going to see from him, but I mean, he was 0-3 for three from th- uh, three-point three range. But he did have a triple double with 12 rebounds and 10 assists. Uh, this is this is like I said, this isn't the Kevin Durant that scored 43 points in Game Four. This isn't the Kevin Durant who who we've who we saw from last year, who was the unanimous Finals MVP outside of LeBron James. But you, we we can see why he earned another Finals MVP this year because of his dominance to carry this team, especially in Game Three. And to talk about game three, that was another game we easily could have had. We could have had a 2-1 lead if it wasn't for the innings of game one and three. And what I'm... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And in game three, Stephen Curry shot one for ten from three-point range. And late in the first half, we had up to a 13-point lead. And with Stephen Curry shooting one for ten from from three-point range, there's no excuse why you lose that game. I mean, Kevin Durant just went off on us, just like last year in Game Three, and he he hit almost the exact pull-up three-pointer at the late in the fourth quarter, just like last year. And if it wasn't for Kevin Durant, I think we we could have won Game Three. And Clay Thompson as well was not not his usual self in Game Three. He uh, but did not play well at all. Even in Game Four, his numbers weren't that impressive, but. One of the Splash Brothers and Curry was able to perform extremely well under the bright lights. But for, in my eyes, a fourth consecutive finals game, J.R. Smith was nowhere to be found. Only 10 points, uh, 3 for 5 from 3. Uh, this You have to ask yourself, why is he still starting um, for the Cavaliers? He's shown with his numbers that he could be a decent bench player, but he, he can't be a starting shooting guard if he's only going to average 10 points and play considerable minutes. Uh, this also leads me to question Teron Lue's decision-making when it came to Kyle Korver. I, I don't understand. You're giving him 21 minutes, and but in Game 4, he, he was received 21 minutes, only had 2 points, and was 0 for 6 from the field. Uh, 0 for 5 from 3, barely played at all, didn't have any points in Game 3. He only had a tech, in Game 2, he had one point, which was a technical free throw. I mean, this this is absolutely ridiculous when we're talking about one of the greatest shooters that this game has ever seen, and he's, honestly, the roles between J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver need to be flipped around. Because we all know how great Kyle Korver is as a shooter, and J.R. Smith is proving that when he's given significant minutes, he can't really do anything. Um, and the Golden State Warriors obviously have one of the best shooting backcourts that this league has ever seen, and that was pretty. That was a huge reason as to why, um, as to why they won this series in four. Not to mention that they also have Kevin Durant. 
So basically, it was a pick and choose between who wanted to dominate the Cavs. Obviously, Game 3, Kevin Durant chose he wanted to dominate the Cavs. And Game 4, Stephen Curry decided that he wanted to dominate the Cavs. It was just that the Cavs just proved that LeBron James is their only superstar. They only rely on one player, and that's him. This was the same scenario that LeBron was heading into when um, he left for Miami. Uh, it's very, very disappointing. Like I said, pitiful performance. And honestly, I, d I have no clue what this franchise is going to do. Already above the salary cap. It's just extremely disappointing. Yes, I'm going back to talking about Kyle Corbin and J.R. Smith. I said a few weeks ago, I, I thought Kyle Corbin would start over J.R. Smith. And I was totally wrong about that. Kyle Corbin did not show up at all this postseason. Not, and definitely not in the NBA Finals. I think... These two shooting guards were lost, and they could not find what they're capable of at all. The only shooting guard that I did like in this NBA Finals is Rodney Hood. And when Tyron Lue gave him the chance to prove himself wrong and come out and play, he showed up big time. Well, not big time, but he did show up, and he was aggressive. Last night in Game 4, he had 10 points, and he was very aggressive from the field, even though he did miss some short layups and shots. I thought I liked his aggressiveness and I liked what I saw from him. And I think he has a lot I think he has a lot more to accomplish in the future for his career. And going to last night, the bench was awful. This game was completely awful. Nobody showed up at all. And LeBron James had an off night twenty three points. I that was definitely not enough from him. Um you know, 13 points from Kevin Love, 10 points from J.R. Smith. This is just not enough to beat this Golden State Warriors team, who is too good. I mean, 37 points from Curry, 20 points from Durant, 10, Tom, 10 from Thompson, 11 from Ikadala. And that's what you need for, to win an NBA basketball game. You need a supporting cast, scoring many points like this, and you need good defense, which Golden State had. I will say this about your point about LeBron James and his 23 points. Honestly, look at what he's done throughout. Just forget about Game 4 last night and look at what he's done throughout these entire playoffs. He's been scoring, he scored 51 points in Game 1, 29 in Game 2, 33 in Game 3, and, you know, basically carried the Cavs against the Celtics in the last round of a series in which they swept the Raptors everyone all the supporting cast came together and took care of business but then in the previous series against the Indiana Pacers it was you know it was um it was LeBron who carried the whole team once again um so I'm not I'm not going to blame him for his 20 23 points I mean he wasn't that efficient he only attempted one three and missed it uh over one so I'm not I'm not going to say he's completely blameless, but I think he deserves the least amount of blame when it comes to um, when it comes to these finals. It, it, I mean, even Teron Lue is more to blame than LeBron. LeBron's been doing everything from this team starting day one. It's why they were on the map. And I, I don't really see... Kevin Love had, a, had an awful game. I agree. Kevin Love does need to be blamed a little bit here. In 28 minutes, the only... Um, 13 points, 2 for 5 for 3. I mean, your second best player, that's that's not 
it's not going to get it done. And again, they were in a scenario in which they really winning or losing didn't matter because they already knew they were going to lose anyway. Yeah, you can't fully blame LeBron James for this NBA final sweep. I mean, he played a huge part in the season and he's pretty much the only reason why we even got to the finals. And he's really the only reason why we had a chance of getting here. I mean, yes, the East is weak, and but Philly and Boston's upcoming, and they're both they're both very young teams. And I think after next season, they're definitely with the addition of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward coming back from injury for Boston, and maybe even Philly adding a superstar like Paul George, LeBron James. I think those two teams are going to be the two best teams in the East. I think even with LeBron next year, Cleveland won't have a chance at the finals. Definitely not, at least not with this current roster. I think this is the worst supporting cast he's had in his whole career. And I hate to say this because I thought this was his best season he's ever played. And maybe it's because he had to do most most of everything by himself, but it's just disappointing to see that he couldn't get a ring in his best season he ever played. And I think there's no chance. And talking about his 23 points for game four, I think the reason why his points really dropped down from 51 to game one is because of um what we heard yesterday after the game. In frustration after game one, LeBron James punched this white wall or whiteboard, and he had a, a bone contusion in his right hand. And last night after the game, we saw he had a cast on his right wrist and right hand, and that's what he said. So I wonder how much of an effect that injury had on him this series. And don't forget, he also had a bruised eye. We saw in half of his, I believe it was the left eye, half of his red. He got hit in the face by Draymond Green. And also in game three, he twisted his ankle. So not not only was it his his wrist that was injured, his hand, but also those other those other injuries that he had to deal with. And still, he played the best. What, what's surprising is he was still the best player on the Cavs. That just shows you how desperate he is. I mean, he, he needs to leave. I'm a Cavs fan, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's honestly better for LeBron James if he leaves. Because, like I've stated before, they're over the salary cap. They, I mean, they, what are you going to do? They have the eighth pick in the draft. It's really nothing to brag about because everyone really only talks about the top four draft picks. Um, it's just I mean, he he really does have to go. Um, he's still the best player on the team with all those injuries, and to get swept, it's just it's just it's unfortunate, and it should convince a lot of people that he needs. Like I've I've said this multiple times on the show, he needs to go to the Houston Rockets. If you went to the Philadelphia Sixers, that's, that's wonderful, but they're not going to beat the Warriors. They'll make the finals every year, but they won't beat the Warriors. And we all know that if you want to win the championship, you pretty much at some point have to beat the Warriors. And in seven games, I don't think a Philadelphia Sixers squad with LeBron can, can, um, can beat the Warriors. But I do think that a healthy Rocket squad plus LeBron can beat the Warriors, and it could might not even take seven games. I disagree. I think he needs to go 
somewhere in the east, whether it's Philly, Boston, Toronto, somewhere. But I believe Philly really is his best option for him right as of now. Because if he goes to the west and he's on Houston, you have to face Golden State in the west finals. And he wants to make it to the NBA finals and the chance at a ring. And if I'm him, I would not want to face Golden State before the NBA finals at all, no matter how good your team is. And this team, I want—I just wonder how many years it's going to be like this because they're going to they're going to become free agents soon, and then who knows what will happen. But right now, if if he goes to Philly, he'll still have a competitive Eastern Conference Finals with Boston, and I think it will be just as tough as him if he went to Houston to play Golden State in the West Finals. I think if you look at it. He needs to stay in the East somewhere, whether it's Cleveland, Philly. And I think that's his best chance to have a chance at another ring, especially Philly. But I do agree with you. He does. He cannot stay in Cleveland. And I'm a Cavs fan, too. I really want him to stay. But I believe last night was his last game in a Cavaliers uniform. And this final sweep, it does adds to the Michael Jordan and LeBron James debate how Michael Jordan is better than LeBron. LeBron is now 3-6 and six in the finals. Um, he's got swept twice in the finals in his career. And we just have to ask ourselves, is LeBron really better than Michael Jordan? No, Michael Jordan had better teammates around him. He had a better supporting cast. Like Steve Kerr, the Warriors coach, who was a three-point sniper at the time. Um, Scottie Pippen. Uh, John Paxson, all of those, he had a lot of elite talents around him, um, like like Horace Grant, for example. So that's why they were able to win multiple championships. They've won six championships total. LeBron James, basically as a 22-year-old in 2007, carried the Cleveland Cavaliers to the finals, and then they just got swept by a better team who were the Spurs, who we've all known these past few years can play t- are highly coached, well coached by Greg Popovich and I mean it's they got swept. Um 2000 when he went to Miami, uh the first loss against the Mavericks, um we could talk about when he I mean, he didn't he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. He had a lot more talent than he did in Cleveland, which was why he left in the first place and they won two championships. Um but they then they fell again they lost against the Mavericks in 2011 and the Spurs in 2014. And then in 2015, he basically had no one in the finals because Kyrie was hurt and Kevin Love was hurt. And he basically willed multiple 40-point performances in order to... They took the Warriors to six games. Then in 2016, he earned the finals MVP. And he did have a lot of help with him um, in the 2016 finals. Uh, which was ba- which was one main reason why the Cavs were able to stay with the Warriors after going down three to one, but in 2017 he basically had to carry more of the load, even though they still had Kyrie and Kevin Love, he still had to carry a lot more of the load. Um, and then this year, he basically had to do everything for the team, which is a big reason why they got swept. So I don't think that this should take LeBron away from that conversation with Michael Jordan. Um, be it as it may, you can have any opinion that you want, but I don't think... But LeBron, we can say this, LeBron has had least 
a lot less talented supporting cast members and i don't think it's fair for us to just take take lebron out of that conversation because he doesn't have the help that he deserved that michael jordan had when he won his championships with the bulls yes and in my opinion i think lebron james truly is the greatest of all time because if you compare their eras i think in my opinion lebron is playing in a much tougher nba than jordan did it's much more physical now than it has ever been and the fact that michael that lebron james has been doing this by himself for most of his career besides the four years in Miami and the one championship he had with us with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and even J.R. Smith helping him out for that ring. Besides those few years, it's pretty much been LeBron all for himself. He's had to carry many of his teams all this way. And I, I don't think Jordan could have done it definitely during this era. But let's talk about LeBron in this upcoming summer. I think Philly, you think Houston. But I think no matter what, we both can agree that he's going to leave Cleveland. Yeah, and I think the only thing that could have him stay here is his family. I think his wife will have to persuade him to stay here. And I, another thing is that LeBron needs to go talk to the Cavaliers front office and tell, tell them what he needs or wants in order for him to stay here. But in my opinion, no matter what happens, I don't think he's staying. I think that, you know, I think that he'll be able to... I don't. I mean, I don't know his family, obviously, but I don't really follow that kind of stuff. But I think his family would be willing to accept, accept it because wherever he does go, I don't think he's going to stay there for a year and then they'll have to move again. If he does go to either Houston, Philly, I don't really see why he would go to Boston because Kyrie left to go to Boston because he didn't want to play with LeBron. So I think that would just create chemistry issues. Um, but I think that his family would probably be willing to go to either Houston or Philadelphia, um, because they would, they would be living there for, in the next few years to come. And I, I, I mean, I, like I said, again, I don't really follow that kind of stuff. Um, but obviously that is an important factor. Every time you, um, are considering trades or free agency, you have to think about your family. So it's a, it's a very, it's, it's very logical to think about that. Um, but I don't. But I don't see, you know, how cons- how generous his family is with all the foundations that, you know, they work with LeBron uh, to help make this community better. I don't see why they wouldn't cooperate, and you know, consider moving to either any of those locations. I mean, it's it's and it's what's. I don't think it's time for LeBron to throw in the towel and quit because we after what we saw this season, he still has a. Definitely a few more years of gas in the tank. And I definitely think that he has to maximize his potential with that. And Houston definitely is the best place to do that. And with with Chris Paul, with former with I think the MVP James Harden, they're going to dominate the West and they will take the Warriors to either six or seven games. And and like I said, this is it's the best move for him. And if he does leave, we just have to ask ourselves, when's the next time we'll see a good basketball team here in Cleveland? I mean, we've had the superstar for the past 15 years, minus the four. He was in Miami. But honestly, no matter what happens in this draft or who we draft or who we sign, 
or pick up. Nobody could replace LeBron, and I think this team will be, this franchise, this city will be lost without him. And without LeBron, I think Cleveland's going to be lost for a few years until the next superstar comes. You know, maybe it's his son in a few years, but, you know, for now, I think we've just been very lucky to have LeBron James, and I think sometimes we take it for granted how great he is because of how often he puts up great numbers and night in, night out. I think we just take it for granted. And um, to go to to go off your point there, um, about about LeBron James, I actually had a conversation with my Spanish teacher this year, and we were talking about what would the Cavs be like if LeBron left. And he said, "You, I mean, you recall those last few years when the Philadelphia 76ers were tanking all the time, always, you know, towards the end of the latter of the league, somewhat like the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks this season, this their horrendous records, like the Phoenix Suns. I won't be surprised if the Cavs end up like a team like that who are just going back to the way they were when LeBron was in Miami. Just a team who tanks barely 30 wins have to find the first brick in the draft every year they'll be like the cleveland browns of the nba if you think about it and it'll be it'll be very disheartening for cleveland fans and your only decent team will be the indians i don't i don't follow the indians but uh like i said they're gonna they're not going to do well at all um especially under coach tyron Lue, who, who a lot of us we all have respect for him but his coaching skills just obviously we saw it in this postseason, they're not effective at all. Steve Kerr is without a doubt the superior coach. And you'll find a lot more superior coaches um, better than Teron Liu. Like I can name a couple here, two off the or two or three at the bottom off my head. You have Eric Spolstra, Brad Stevens, and um, Dwayne Casey. They're, they're all better than Teron Liu, so... Yeah, I thought Tyron Lue was awful in the NBA Finals mm-hmm. with his coaching. And I think he's another reason why we could blame for this sweep. Um, I think he called way too many timeouts, definitely when it was unneeded, especially in games three and four. I mean, in a game seven of the East Finals, one timeout left with ten minutes left in the game. That's unacceptable. Why would you call six timeouts and have only one left in the final ten minutes of the game? And in Game three, he's calling timeouts when the Cavs and Warriors are going back and forth. He calls a timeout to try and stop them. And then instead, he gives Steve Kerr and them time to regroup and start going on another run. I mean, I hate Tyron Lue. I cannot stand him. I hope he's gone this offseason. And, man. I mean, I don't necessarily hate him. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go that far and say something like that about him. Uh, he, he can. He, he was he was the coach when we won the championship, but the thing that boils my blood all about this is he'd never changed his lineups when after the Cavs lost in the next game. Uh, J.R. Smith was always the starting shooting guard. He never gave Kyle Korver any significant minutes. The one question that I still don't understand was where was Jordan Clarkson in these last few games. <coughs> Because he was probably the best player out of the trade that we had. And, you know, he was a backup player that we could rely on. He was the second best bench scorer in the NBA. 
So when I was watching these games last night, I'm I'm asking myself, where on earth can this guy be? I see him sitting on the bench. But why, why is he not playing? He's in uniform, wearing the nice white and gold jackets, by the way. Those were nice jackets that I saw when they were warming up. Um, but wearing that, I mean, why isn't he on the court? Where is I, I don't understand. If, is he injured or something? Because, um, I mean, I'm... I have no clue. I mean, I don't really know what Tyron Lue was processing as these finals were going on, but I'm not going to say I hate him. I totally agree yeah. with him benching Jordan Clarkson. Um, I think he did not show up at all in the playoffs or in the finals. As we found on the road in the finals, he was putting up awful shots. He was missing a lot, and he was shooting a lot of unnecessary shots that we didn't need, and he was missing them too. It's- I mean, in my belief, he – Thought he needed the ball, and I think he's the star of the team. I, I mean, he was pretty good, I guess, when we first got him, but he's definitely declined, and you know, I do not think he'll be a good starting point guard for us next year if George Hill leaves or whatever happens. And I think the best player that we did pick up from this trade in the midseason is Rodney Hood. I mean. He's a good veteran. Um, he was probably the second best player on the what Jazz he was on. Yeah, I think he was the second best player on the Jazz last season. And I mean, he yeah he was inconsistent this season, but he's aggressive. He shows intensity, and I think he'll be good for us in the future. And I really like what I saw from Larry Nance last night. Um, he was very aggressive. Um. You know, I think he's, in my opinion, he's my sec- he's my second favorite player behind LeBron James. I mean, I just love what he puts in night in night out. Um, even if he doesn't score that much, I think he's very aggressive. He's very motivated, and I think he actually wants to be out there. And I truly think that he should be the starting center for us moving forward. But I don't really, I don't understand the reason why we're we're giving. All this credit to Rodney Hood. No, no doubt that he deserves this. That he deserves credit. You know, he played well, and he played very well in Game Three. Um, kind of had a little decline when in Game Four, but nonetheless, he you know he still played valuable minutes. Was able to get some buckets, but you you can't take away what Clarkson was able to do with us. Um, I, if any, if anyone played the best out of those out of those four. You could it was it's a tie between George Hill and Jordan Clarkson. Um, Rodney Hood had a decent amount of games this in this postseason where he just didn't play at all. We had that we had that one incident where it was garbage time in Game Four and he decided just not to play at all. Um, so I I mean I don't think that it's fair that we just you know dis, that we just disc Jordan Clarkson like that because he definitely does not deserve that. Because uh, coming from a Laker team that was that had an awful record, and then having to come and play on a championship a championship caliber team, I say that in quotes, um, having to go to come to this atmosphere, I think that he adjusted very well, um, especially in our first game on February 11th in Boston, where everyone was where all of the four of the uh, new new acquired trades 
um, everyone sh showed up and ready to play in that 121 to 99 victory. Um, so, I, I, like I said, to conclude with that point, we, I don't think it's fair to just take away Jordan Clarkson because he took awful shots in these finals. Rodney Hood barely played in this postseason. And I don't think we can just, you know, think that he's king of the mountain just because of his one great performance in game three. And I'm not going to say anything that it, you know, he's a, I'm not going to, I'm not saying he's a terrible player and he played very well in game three, but I just don't think that we can diss Jordan Clarkson like that. But I think Jordan Clarkson is, is an inconsistent player. Um, I think he's very young and he has a lot more to learn, definitely. Yeah. And to be a starter in the league, he needs to play much better than he did this postseason. Um, you know, I do see potential in him, but he's no Kyrie Irving and no Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But, you know, I think he will improve and. You know, we'll see what happens. And think about it. We ended up with Jordan Clarkson and George Hill as our two point guards because of last summer and the idiotic Kyrie Irving trade. And you do not need to trade Kyrie Irving. Even though he wanted out, you, you do not need to trade him. He's still under contract on your team. No means whatsoever should they have traded him. I mean, they could have talked to him, talk it out with him, you know, see what he wanted or whatever, and fix a relationship with him. And this season could have been totally different with Kyrie Irving. And they should have never fired David Griffin. I mean, what was, what were they thinking? Even LeBron went to them saying, don't trade Kyrie. He's, just, he's like the star point guard. Why would you trade him? It's just idiotic to me. And, you know, you get Isaiah Thomas, who, man, he was so, so inconsistent. And he was injured in the beginning anyway. So, I don't see why you'd want him on your team. And you know, I think he's too short for this league. But, and you get Jay Crowder. And I think he's a good defensive player, but... He's no good offensive player. Um, he's inconsistent too. And then you get how do you say his name? Ante. Uh, Ante Zizic. And then you get Ante Zizic. And I actually think he is a good basketball player. And even though he plays in garbage time, I didn't see him aggressive down low, getting boards and putting up points. And I think he'll be a good solid bench player in his career. But and then, with those three guys in the beginning of the season, they were off to a very slow start. And they were struggling. And then, you know, chemistry issues were a major problem. And then, right around the All-Star break, they made the trades to acquire George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., and Rodney Hood. And I thought that was a good trade by Kobe. But... Still, the, all this whole season and the, the drama and the chemistry issues could have been avoided if you were smart enough to keep Kyrie on your team or even get somebody good for him. I mean, I think they could have got a lot more for Kyrie than they did, and I just think it was a huge mistake last summer. And 
um, talking about centers, like Ante Zizic, do you remember Kevin, uh, sorry, Kendrick Perkins um, came for the last game of the season, played against the New York Knicks, in which they lost, and then was in a suit and tie the rest of the way in the postseason. I don't understand why, because he's played for the Cavs before, and, you know, he obviously is a veteran. He's won a championship with the Celtics. He knows what he's doing on the court, and just to see him... To see him sit there, it was it was just kind of, it was kind of frustrating because you know we need another leader besides LeBron to step up, and I know he stepped up when he was on when he he, he would like uh, talk to to players on the bench, but he needs to be on out there on the court, you know, helping players, you know, giving them giving them valuable information because you know there's no guarantee that you'll ever be back in the playoffs, and it's essential that you hear, you know, what it takes from a veteran like Kendrick Perkins and LeBron James. And that's something we could put on Tyron Lue for not putting him in the game. Um, I think I think I did see him in uniform this finals, but he still didn't get any minutes. So he's a good veteran. He has good knowledge on the court, and you know, even garbage time yesterday he could have yeah. got in for a few minutes. But Tyron Tyron Lue did not put him in, and you know, he's an old veteran. Um. You know, who knows how he would have performed, but I did like his intensity on the bench. Um, he was getting aggressive with the Warriors, especially Steph Curry on the road. Um, I think, you know, he's a, he's a, he was a good NBA player. You know, I don't think he has that anymore. And I just think, you know, I think Tyron Lue needs to be gone. Um, and for head coach... I'm looking at Mark Jackson, who who's currently a ABC commentator for the NBA Finals. Um, you know, former coach. I think he would be a good fit for us, especially if LeBron leaves. Um, you know, we definitely won't be no top team in the East, but I think he'll get us maybe low seeded in the playoffs, depending on what the team looks like next year. And he was a former coach of the Warriors as well. So yeah, so he has he has um. He has background of what happened with the Warriors and what built up to their dynasty. So yeah. maybe you can implement some of that with the Cavs. Yeah, he was actually the coach before Steve Kerr came mm-hmm. in. They didn't do bad, but they weren't great either. But, you know, I think he's a good coach. And I'm looking at Dwayne Casey, too, as a potential target for the Cavs. Um, You know, he's a good coach. I really do think so, but. I would just be worried about how we would do in the playoffs under him. Um, he has not had a good playoffs record. Um, he's coached good players, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, and I think he would be another good fit for Cleveland. Yeah, I don't think he's, to, like we said in our last broadcast, he's not to blame for the Raptors' um, failures in these last three postseasons because, you know, I've I've seen him on he's, – he's one of the most passionate coaches in the NBA. He has – extensive knowledge, one of, the most, one of the most knowledgeable coaches in this league. And I actually heard the, yesterday that the, the Detroit Pistons uh, were interested in Dwayne Casey as well. So if the Cavs are looking for a new coach in Dwayne Casey, then they better do it fast because there are a lot of uh, teams who, who want that knowledge that Dwayne Casey brings to the table. Yeah, I think, yeah, I did hear that about around last week that Detroit was the leading candidate for him and I think that's where he will go 
And, you know, I honestly don't know the future for this Cavaliers team. Um, You know, they had a rough up-and-down season. And like the players have said, they've had like six seasons and one with this team. And the fact that they made it to this finals, it's amazing. I think that we should have lost in the first round of Indiana. And who knows who would have made it to the finals if we got beat in the first round. But, you know, it was a great season for LeBron James and a terrible season for the Cavs. Even though we made the NBA finals, it was totally up and down the whole season. Very inconsistent. You know, we were good at times, going on good runs, and then it just went downhill and then uphill again, and, you know. And I think being swept will convince LeBron even more that his his stint in Cleveland should be done now and he should go on to Philadelphia, Houston, wherever wherever is the best place that he can win a championship. Of course, I you think Philadelphia, I think Houston. But we both know that he needs to leave Cleveland. And this season, uh, especially last night, was the proof in the pudding to wh- as to why he should go. How do you think fans will react if he does leave Cleveland? Well, he did bring he did bring us a championship. Um, I don't think they should be... I don't think they should be as mad as they were the first time he left because he didn't bring them a championship. They got swept uh, in the, in a previous final series, and he he was younger too. So I think now with his veteran leadership, uh, now that he knows he's been through it the first time, I don't think fans should be. Um, I don't think they should be ex- enraged. They, they I mean they they might be disheartened or. Um, it's disappointed, but it, it, it's it's the supporting cast, including the coaching staff, who just aren't getting it done. And LeBron doesn't have as much, doesn't have many years left on his career. So I think in, if you're a Cavs fan, you just have to you just have to accept that. Yeah, I don't think it would be as as bad as the first time around. Um, you know, I think. Obviously, there will be obviously there will be some fans who will hate him. Um, I think it will be more like upset feeling than mad, angry this time. You know, and, and his return if he does it, absolutely, he will get some boost. But I think we should give him a standing ovation for what he has done four straight finals. I mean, if once before him, we would we would have never got a ring. Um, and you know, I just wonder. If he does leave again, will he still get a statue or his number retired? Um, I think so, but I think some fans will d- definitely disagree with that if he leaves twice. And we're talking about LeBron James this summer, but Jeff Green is the free agent, Ronnie Hood is. And I really like Jeff Green, what he did this season, coming off the bench aggressive he he was inconsistent throughout the season a little bit but I think he's a good veteran to keep on this team but I think the main focus right now is keeping LeBron James here in Cleveland um you know I think Jeff Green will be wanting more money than he did this past season and I, I don't see him staying with Cleveland but we will see throughout the month of definitely July July 1st beginning of NBA free agency we have a lot of 
main stars become free agents, Paul George, LeBron James. And we just wonder what will happen with Kawhi and San Antonio. I think Kawhi's definitely going to go. I mean, he didn't want to play the entire season. I don't see what, I mean, he didn't even uh, show up with the team in the playoffs on the bench. Uh, he he shows complete disinterest in playing for the Spurs. Uh, he definitely will go. I don't see, I don't know why he would go to the Lakers. I think, uh, you know, 76ers, Celtics would be a great fit for him. If you had Kawhi Leonard with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving with what they already had in this postseason, that's another unstoppable force that you have to deal with. And there's a lot to talk about with this free agency. I think we could have a episode totally on free agency sometime in July. And, you know, for now... We just have to reflect on this season, you know. Thank LeBron for what he has done. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have been here without him. And, you know, around the next season, I don't, I don't think nobody could predict what will happen perfectly. But, um, you know, we'll see how it all falls out. And I think it was a solid season. And I think the Cavs are, really need LeBron to stay. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, this Thursday, also, the 2018 FIFA World Cup uh, in Russia will kick off with uh, the host country of Russia taking on Saudi Arabia. Um, the game will begin at 11 a.m., and uh, this will um, commence the, month, uh, the month-long tournament with its final being on July 15th. And that's all we have for you this week. We will see you next time.